Hi, I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. This episode is the third in our mini-series on the Wilder Theaters of Tidewater, Virginia. In our first two episodes, we explored William Wilder's background and his first foray into owning and operating a movie theater, Norfolk's Newport. For today's episode, we'll see how Wilder quickly began to expand his business in 1929 and the early 1930s by acquiring existing theaters. The Gates Theater Portsmouth's Gates Theater, erected on the site of another theater, the Orpheum, opened on August 29, 1928, with motion pictures, a stage show, and an organ recital. It was reported that hundreds attended the opening, and others anxious for a glimpse of the beautiful house attended subsequent performances. Long before the appointed hours for the doors to open, the lobby was crowded, and up to the last presentation the capacity of the house was taxed. The theater was not constructed or originally operated by Wilder. Interestingly, though, Wilder was one of several area business owners who sent a congratulatory floral arrangement and telegram to the Gates' management on the theater's opening night. Just one short year later, Wilder acquired ownership of the Gates and retained that staff. Under his direction, the theater upgraded to sound and began to show a better class of motion picture. When Wilder took over the Gates in 1929, its marquee was reputedly a sign that will blaze the name of the theater to all who visit the downtown section of the city. Its two rows of white electric lights will be visible for several blocks on either side of the theater. While this vertical sign remained for several years, in 1939 Wilder installed a new streamline, V-type marquee, said to be one of the largest neon electric structures of its kind in the state. The streamline marquee will cover the full length of the theater front, 19 feet across and extending 16 feet over the sidewalk. The marquee was built and installed by the Carolina Sign Company. Trimmed in blue and gold neon and with a three-line marquee that could fit either 8 or 16-inch letters, the new sign had 462 twinkling lamps along its border and a wilder theater on the front in neon. For most of its life, the Gates ran first-run pictures from First National, RKO, Columbia, and other studios. On August 9, 1957, the theater was damaged when a fire completely destroyed the surrounding Monroe Hotel building. At the time, the management noted that the future of the theater and its 18 employees wasn't clear. I don't know how business was at the Gates in the late 50s, but based on the fate of the nearby Virginia Theater around that time, which we'll discuss shortly, the fire may have just hastened the inevitable. The Gates Theater did not reopen after the fire, and most of the block was demolished late in 1958. The Warwick Theater What would eventually become Wilder's Warwick lived a life for more than a decade before he got to it. In late May of 1919, the Rialto Theater opened on Washington Avenue in Newport News. The building was 50 feet by 115 feet, with a pitch of 26 feet. Sands Balcony, it had a seating capacity of roughly 900. In early October 1932, the theater reopened as the Warwick under Wilder's direction and the oversight of the Rialto's former manager. Wilder completely overhauled the theater. The entire interior of the theater has been redecorated, and turquoise blue and gold are the predominant color notes. 
The groundwork of the walls is blue, with paneling of arabesque in gold. The ceiling is a paler shade of blue. A few dashes of dark red add to the color scheme. An indirect lighting has been retained for operation while pictures are not being shown. New side lights of a classic type have been installed on the sidewalls to add a decorative, rather than illuminative, effect. The foyer of the theater has been remodeled entirely. Just back of the auditorium, new furniture, most of it in the modern trend of colors and enamel, though a few pieces strike a colonial note, has been placed. The women's lounge, too, is decorated attractively, most of the furniture being of maple and modernistic designs. Illumination behind the auditorium is given by tall floor lamps. New curtains and drapes of blue have been placed on the stage. The entire picture projection equipment has been overhauled, and the loudspeakers have been placed with others of the same type as used in the Roxy Theater in New York. Part of the former lobby has been converted into a store and will be occupied by a confectionery. The front of the house has been repainted in white and pale gray. Capacity audiences attended the opening, although the night did not quite have the fanfare of some of Wilder's other openings. Several years later, in 1936, Wilder purchased the building outright for $50,000, which implies to me that business was good. In 1939, the Warwick was offering three pictures a week, including westerns on the weekends and second runs of popular flicks during the week. Saturday mornings were reserved for kid-friendly showings. This seems to have been the case for most of the Warwick's life. Unlike Wilder's other theaters, it was solidly a second-run cinema. It appears that the Warwick was a Wilder theater up until about the mid-1960s. The Virginia What would become Wilder's Virginia theater began as the Tivoli. This theater on Portsmouth High Street, right across from the gates, was erected for approximately $70,000, and at the time of its construction was as modern in its equipment and appointments as it is possible for a photoplay theater to be. The 176-foot by 36-foot building had a seating capacity of about 1,200. There was no balcony, but all views were said to be completely unobstructed. The Tivoli opened on January 11, 1922, and seemed to do well throughout the 1920s and into the sound era. In May of 1931, the theater was considerably damaged when a fire destroyed the neighboring Rex Theater. The Tivoli was remodeled and reopened on January 4, 1932, as the Virginia Theater, under the management of the Portsmouth Amusement Company. The revamped theater boasted the latest advancements in sound and projection, and even got a bigger screen. Naturally, decorations and finishes inside and out were also new and improved, including artistically designed lights. The Virginia became a first-run picture house under the Wilder umbrella in 1935, and it seemed to operate successfully for the next couple of decades. On April 17, 1955, the Virginia closed its doors. The theater's manager blamed the closure on a 10% amusement tax levied by the city. The theater had attempted to keep prices low, but without an increase to customers, its margins were just too slim. As you might have noticed, I wasn't able to present much in the way of an architectural description for any of these theaters. However, they're worth discussing since they demonstrate the quick expansion of Wilder's theater chain. And I find this growth pretty impressive considering it happened smack dab in the middle of the Great Depression. It's also likely that, if not for the success of Wilder's chain up to this point, 
he wouldn't have been able to build a fine neighborhood theater, Norfolk's Collie, from the ground up. Thank you for listening. Next time, we'll look at that theater, Wilder's final neighborhood theater of the 1930s, the Collie. I hope you'll join us. And until then, may your seats be ever in the center.